0: News flash, big bank CEOs get paid a lot of money. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday. I'm Matt Copenheffer. This is David Hansen. And over here, we have Morgan Housel, our special guest for today. Morgan, can you describe for us the roller coaster of emotions that you're going through being on this show with two of the most ill-reputed names in financial punditry? I, c- I couldn't sleep last night, mainly
1: because I, I was deciding whether I should actually come on or not. It's kind of a shame.
0: Are, are you regretting that
1: decision? Uh, you should ask me in ten minutes. What, <laughs> is it?
2: what does ill-reputed mean? I don't even know what that word means. Is that good-reputed? No, that's bad. bad. That's bad. Ill. Ill. Think ill. Think ill. Like not good sickly. with English. You know that. Like Geography and English.
0: If you're looking won, not me. you might be ill I don't know what one means either. You, you know Juan? Let's just end this. You didn't know that this was going to be... <laughs> That's the show. I, I already know this it. is going to be an SAT <laughs> review course. First headline of the day, we are going to the Wall Street Journal. Banks' size counts more on CEO pay, once again proving that size does matter. Uh, the article is about a survey that was looking at the pay of big bank executives. It said that big bank chiefs get paid more and more financial company chiefs. David, are you shocked? No, not at all. And said they get
2: paid based on the size of the bank, not necessarily the underlying performance Mm -hmm. of the stock there. And I I think it's one of those unfortunate realities that you kind of just have to live with. Banks are are a type of company that it's very hard for an activist to come in there and shake things up, replace management, get on the board. It's not the same thing as trying to get on the board of eBay or or something like that. So... Unfortunately, I think it's one of the realities that you're going to have to live with if you're an investor in Citigroup. Michael Corbett's going to get paid a lot of money despite the bank trading below tangible book value and the stock price maybe not doing great over the last five years. I point
1: out, too, that this was true before the financial crisis, too. Uh, even during the financial crisis and over the last couple of years, we've had a bunch of new regulations, Dodd-Frank and whatnot. But there have been surveys that show that before the financial crisis, the largest banks were less efficient and produced lower shareholder returns than some of the mid-sized regional banks that just stuck to basic commercial banking. Uh, and the CEOs of those companies make significantly less than if you're running J.P. Morgan, of course. So yeah, I think pay is is largely driven by empire building, and it's a terrible incentive for bank CEOs to have.
2: Do you think it'll ever change? I mean, is there
0: anything that can get us out of this method I r- of being- I ran some quick numbers before the show, and this would not hold up in a peer-reviewed academic journal, but what I looked at was the correlation between size and pay at big, at big financial institutions, or at financial institutions, and the correlation between pay and size at consumer discretionary companies. And what I found was that the correlation was roughly the same. In other words, if you are a big company, period, your CEO will likely get paid more. Yeah. And furthermore, what's interesting is that of the large financial institutions, guess two of the best paid CEOs, where, where they... Call home. Oracle. Uh, financial companies. Oh, Wells Steve. Fargo? No. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you better apologize. I'm stumped. I don't know. American Express and oh, Discover Financial. Okay. David Nelms and Ken That Channel. would not stand up in a peer
2: review academic journal.
0: That was Sorry. just an, that was just anecdotal. But it stands up
2: in a peer review mediocre podcast. What did, so. what did you, what did you think I, about David it? David and, and you, I are. are good good up? What do you think about that thumbs As, up? As your peer,
0: I'm not approving it. So okay. therefore, I approve. Second headline. Second headlines from Bloomberg: Kellogg traders bet on Buffett takeover as stock climbs. Traders, David, betting. Are you are you going to join join the wave of traders betting on this?
2: So Bloomberg dove into some some options data. Calls on, on Kellogg have, have been going up. The stock is up Cashier. over the last couple months over speculation that Buffett may may buy Kellogg. He mentioned uh, at the annual meeting that we were at that he's interested in doing more deals like the Heinz deal with 3G, but. To me this is pure speculation maybe he's interested in kellogg the business but buffett's very patient he could buy it in five years seven years
1: over the last 10 years how many articles do you think there have been uh, headlined will buffett buy x next and how many of them have
0: been accurate probably one or two one million, buffett, million zero.
1: and zero or one or
2: two well i mean there's you, always you've got, you've so got much the speculation
0: will monkeys buffett writing shakespeare next. thing right somebody's eventually going to get it right i
1: mean <laughs> So, I mean, 99.9% of the time, these speculations of is Buffett going to buy this next? They're never right. So you're yeah, not fun. buying
0: Kellogg options?
1: I don't buy options, actually.
0: <laughs> Hansen, Kellogg options? No. no. But I mean,
2: m- maybe they'll buy it. I'm just saying it's, it, it could be a long it's, time. I wouldn't bet. It's not
0: crazy on that. from the perspective that it's the right size and it's the right type of company. But
1: there have been so many thousands of those that fit, fit the right. same buckets. And exactly.
2: Never so, moral of the story, don't try to buy options investment company on the assumption that Buffett could buy it.
0: Unless you're levering those options with margin. Of course, yeah. If you're buying those options on margin and just going full full tilt, basically just put your whole I'm kidding, of course. Of course. Sarcasm to... does not go it does, well. It doesn't on always on go audio. well on the podcast. That was that was in fact sarcasm. Do not do that. Final headline. Third and final headline. This is from a, this is a press release here. SVB Financial Group announces proposed offering I threw this one in here, guys, because I'm a fan, I'm a fan of SBB Silicon Valley Bank. This, is, this threw me for a little bit of a loop, that they're, that they're raising capital, selling shares. But to me, this is one of those situations where it comes down to, if you've done your research, you like the company, you trust the management team when something like this comes up. You trust that they're raising capital Because they know that they can put that capital back to work At Attractive Returns
1: Of all the headlines I saw this morning SVB raises capital, got my blood flowing. That was the most I actually, exciting I Actually we saw that on TMZ this
0: morning <laughs> Oh really? <Down> <laughs> With all the fast cuts and right. zoom-ins <laughs> did, they, did they have like a close-up of the CEO like, Whoa, what's he doing?
1: Uh, that was actually the first one I you, think. Just,
0: you just randomly <laughs> pressed one You did not mean that one all right, moving on to the focus for today. Since we've got you here, Morgan, we've got a special in focus. You're kind of a – we call you a macro guy, basically a big picture guy. What I want to hear about is what's going on in the growth portion of the market. We don't, it's not something that we really talk about a whole lot here because we yeah. focus on the financial sector, not a lot of crazy growth stocks. But that's been taking a beating. What's going on? Is this something that investors should worry about? I mean there are all these companies tesla
1: amazon netflix uh three d system that are down you know between oh, twenty and forty percent over the last two months and it's really freaking a lot of investors out and you know that, that and that makes sense All these companies were have have, have come close to or more than doubled over the last, say, 16 months. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a situation like that, with, increase, with higher returns, you're going to have higher volatility, and if you can't accept that, you should not be in that game. I think there is a large portion of investors who own these companies and really thought that they could get way higher returns for, with no volatility. And as, Every as, single year. As just much as people delay. laugh at that in hindsight, it's truly what people believe when, when they're in it. They really think like, these companies are changing the world and there's no way they could possibly go down 20%, 40%. Doesn't the other thing is when those stocks are going up, So many investors say, oh, I would love if shares fell 50% so they'd be cheap and I could buy more. And then they actually buy 50% and they say, nope, don't want anything to do with it. It's the same story again and again and again. So I think if you're in these names and you want to play that high-growth
0: game, you really have to be prepared for volatility, but I think few investors are. Is there – so is the right way to think about this – and I I came up as a value guy and I've talked a lot with David Gardner. I think his approach is really – very interesting. It's obviously worked very well. Do you need to take that VC approach where you're investing today and then really legitimately looking five, ten years down the road and not thinking at all about what the stock is doing? Yeah,
1: that's the only way that that style will work. Uh, and I think few investors have the intestinal fortitude to be able to pull it off. So many investors just freak out at the first sign of... What happens to their intestines? Well, you don't want to know. It's, <laughs> it's, that gets, that's a whole nother story. I don't think it's appropriate for a family show.
2: I, I think it highlights the importance... <laughs> there he goes. The importance I had to get of, one of those in. <laughs> the importance of diversification if you're going to buy these the growth stocks here. I mean, yeah. you can carve out a portion of your portfolio and say, this is where I'm going to invest in these growth stocks, maybe I'm going to have 10, 15 of them. Because some of them are not going to pan out. I mean, if you take a, a VC mindset, VCs know that all of their investments... Actually, very, very few end up working out. Exactly. The they, they, they put bets on multiple, multiple companies here, and then you can win that way. But if you're just, just buying two of these, with, and that's 50% of your portfolio... It may not be the best strategy if you don't have
0: the stomach to handle it. I know that you're not much of a individual stock investor, but do you see any of these any of these growth stocks getting hammered and think that maybe one one or another of them is is attractive is is interesting to you? Well,
1: I think they're all phenomenal companies when you go down that list, Tesla, Netflix, Amazon. Those are all companies that truly are changing the industry that they're in. Mm-hmm. But you know i I hate the phrase "Try to catch a falling knife because it 's rooted in short term trading and i don 't want anything to do with that, but i think it 's true that you know just because shares are down twenty thirty forty percent doesn 't mean they might not be down fifty sixty seventy percent so you know whether things look attractive to me or anything you know, well i think that 's a matter of short term timing which i don 't want anything to do with but i I think all those companies will will probably do something pretty cool over the next decade.
0: Will be higher 10 years. You, you think, you think these, these companies will be worth more 10 years from now than they are worth today?
1: Well, I mean, it also goes back to the VC thing we're talking mm-hmm. about. I, I'd say of that group of companies, of those really you know popular momentum names right now, Several of them, maybe half of them, may not even be in business ten years from now. Oh, that's we maybe, the nature we of early stage. Some. That's the nature of early stage investing. And just like David said with VC companies, you know, they invest in ten. They know eight of them are going to go out of business, but the two that stick around are going to make fifty times their money.
0: So, gotcha. Okay, uh, moving on for the game for today. Again, we've got a special. Morgan-centric game. Mm-hmm. This one, Morgan. We're is pla- this a game for me or a game for you? This is, this is really a game for us. This is a game for us. Very, very well done. Uh, we have ten questions. You have not seen any of them. No. These are going to be rapid fire, so you don't have to give any sort of long-thought-out answer on them. Okay. Just whatever First comes thing that into comes your to head. Mind. Okay. First thing that comes to mind. I'll start out. The one individual stock you own that you're most confident about. Berkshire. Mark Faber or Peter Schiff?
2: Oh,
1: God. <laughs> Hang me.
2: <Jeez. laughs> no, no, you have to answer one.
1: Got it. <laughs> okay. No, no I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. Hang me. That's okay. my answer. All right.
0: There's no way. Is the financial sector the last bastion of value in this market? Yes. Mutual fund or ETF? ETF. In a word, what shape is the economy in?
1: Uh, how about, like,
0: five or six words? How about one?
1: Better for some than others.
0: LeBron or Durant? LeBron. <laughs> what would need to happen for you to buy Bank of America stock? $7 a share
2: Bigger mistake Not saving enough or not starting investing early
0: enough?
1: Uh, investing early enough
0: Who is your favorite CEO whose name doesn't rhyme with Swarren Fuffett? <laughs>
1: um, uh, former CEO Jim Senegal of
0: Costco Zuckerberg or Musk? Uh, Zuckerberg and that's it. Morgan. Crushed it. Very well done. Where is that? Where's the applause? Where's the applause?
1: Oh, you down. There we go. We should... I, I like to ask viewers to write in today or not how many are sick of the sound machine. And we'll just I, get an informal poll.
0: True, true story. True story. We were in Omaha for the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, and I had a regular viewer come up to me and tell me how much he enjoys the sound machine. No, no lie. I, I
1: have... Mm-hmm. I, that says something about the, the viewer.
0: No, 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 no. He's That's awesome. He's a That's he's a member says. of our service. Did, did, t-
1: did you send him a sound machine afterwards? He would have appreciated. This, is, appreciate
0: this is this is the one and only. Okay. This is the one and only. Right. I do. I I feel like I need a bigger sound machine, like a whole sound board, or so you can just hit
1: it with your fist.
0: I do want to. That wouldn't work too well with right. this. All right, we have an email address. That email address is wtmi at fool uh, Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Send us your love or hate of the sound machine you can also send that to Twitter at TMF Financials we have a question today and that question comes from Bobby and Bobby writes I would love to hear the story about how each of you got into investing please share your history and I know there has to be a lot of great stories and lessons along that's actually from Tim I forgot it's to actually from yeah I was, I was thinking I was like well, Bobby and Tim they can both get <laughs> they're, both, they're both common names yeah well Tim Tim is a regular regular listener regular viewer Emailed us a couple questions, Morgan. Why don't you start us off? How did you get started in investing? The first investment I ever made was a bank
1: CD. I think it was I don't know in the early two thousands sometime, and I, I had no idea about anything about investing, about the concept of it. I really didn't know anything, but I, I had a little bit. It was like a thousand dollars, and I went I went to Bank of America and put put it in this CD. It was like a it was like a one week CD. It's like the mo- <laughs> the lowest investment you can get, and I still didn't really understand. Would you get like
0: three cents. No, night?
1: so this I really didn't understand how it worked, honestly. But I remember, like, two or three days later, I checked the account, and the balance went from $1,000 to $1,000 and four cents. And I was like, this is, <laughs> this is incredible. Is and it was, it just, it was, th- that was my first realization that your money can earn money for you. And it was, since then, it's been, I've been, I've been hooked. But that was my first experience. It was the best four cents I ever made.
0: <laughs> Hanson, have you, have you started yet? No. I just <laughs> get on here and act like
2: I do. Uh, college had a, had a roommate who was trading options, trading currencies on his phone.
0: Whoa. Uh, that's hardcore.
2: Really smart guy. Uh, got me interested and maybe realized that wasn't the best way to How much this? money did you lose trading options? I didn't do any. I learned, I learned from his mistakes.
1: It's a little more complicated than
0: one-week bank CDs. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> not much. What about you? What do you got? Well, I am a company man. But... Truth is, I did, I did get started with The Motley Fool. Um, I, I was interested in buying stocks. My dad worked for Lucent, and he was always talking about the options that he got for working, and I wanted to understand how that worked. So I started researching some stocks, researching some companies, and I read on The Motley Fool that you're supposed to read these SEC filings and, and learn about the, the innards of the business. And so I opened up the annual report for, uh, for AOL, America Online. And I remember reading the whole thing, and this was back in 98 or 99. And I remember looking at it and thinking, this goodwill thing, there's like so much of this goodwill stuff, and it just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I think America Online is, is a good company. And it's going to do really well. And so I bought some America Online stock, and that was the first stock that I owned. And since then, I've learned better. I've learned a lot of things I learned a lot of things from that. I learned a lot of things from other mistakes that I've made along the way, including trading options, which was kind of a sore spot. Did you make a lot of money on AOL before you didn't make a lot of I, money? I did not. I did not. I, 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 probably, I probably could have timed it a little bit worse, but it would have been challenging. All right. All right. Finishing off the day on the Twitter sphere, David, first tweet. Our only tweet he, is from yesterday. Can you see the tweets?
2: Yeah, I can see it. You want yeah. me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. It's from David. That's, David. You. That's, David. <laughs> that's your job. Like he says, "Oh no, WTMI ended without disclaimer today, and I bought and sold stocks based solely on what I heard." <laughs> that's, real, that's a funny yeah, thing. So sorry, we did not have the disclaimer yesterday. We, I, I also we, say we may have interest in this stocks. In terms we talk of
1: Twitter, about. so many people on their on their bio say uh, retweets are not uh, endorsements. Endorsements. I feel like I, I feel like saying. Nobody has ever mistaken your retweet. That's never happened in the history of Twitter that someone to say, I figured it was an endorsement. There you go. But everyone has that on their bio. I started drinking drinking Pepsi because of your retweet. It's basically just a thing that people put on their bio to show like, hey, look, I have a job. I'm, you know, I'm important. Mm -hmm. I have to put a legal disclaimer on my
0: bio. That's what they do. (laughs) All right. Well, that's the show for today. Morgan, thank you for joining us. David, I guess you're here. I am always here. You can find us on Twitter, at TMF Financials. If you're watching on video and would like to listen to us on your way into work or while you're working out or whatever else you're doing, housework, whatever, uh, you can find us on iTunes and download the podcast version. That's it for today. We will see you tomorrow.
2: People on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what
0: you hear.